always pleased on Back in Business when we have the opportunity to talk to MPs who are interested in small businesses and self-employed people. And so I'm really pleased today to be talking to Chi Onwura, who is the MP for Newcastle Central and Shadow Minister for Science, Research and Digital. But Chi, you've not only been Shadow Minister for Science, Research and Digital, but you've also been Shadow Minister for Business Innovation and Skills. So there's not much you don't know about the needs of small businesses, although I think digital might be one of the ones that we do talk about. Um, in your recent contributions in Parliament, though, you've highlighted the plight of those deemed ineligible for help from the Treasury. Uh, you know, people who are running small limited companies, self-employed people. How have people in Newcastle been damaged by that lack of support, would you say? Well, uh, hugely damaged. But and before I say a bit more about that, I just want to say that as well as being sort of shadow minister for business and for digital, I think my, my sort of view and response to small businesses is really informed by my time uh, working for and helping to start my own small business. And also, my, you know, for 20 years, I worked in the telecom sector as a telecoms uh, engineer, a chartered engineer. And part of that time, I worked for big companies like Cable & Wires, but part of that time was uh, working for small startups and for uh, small, a small consultancy. And I think you know, one of the things I'm really aware of, of is that small, small business in particular are so often so focused on you know, cash flow and uh, the demands of, the, of the, the market they're trying to serve, you know, that they're not looking to government for, for help. And they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're not, they haven't got uh, armies of lawyers and lobbyists, you know, to put their put, put in. So I was very, very keen to seek out small businesses and understand what it is that the challenges they're facing. And that's, you know, that's why I've been so um, concerned about those who have been excluded from support for almost a, a year now. And just uh, earlier this, uh, in, a week ago, I held a town hall for small businesses in Newcastle to tell me, you know, what, how, how for the, those who'd been excluded, and I'll say, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. I've got a small, one small business who has um, gone £50,000 into personal debt in order to keep paying the furlough, um, the part of furlough that they've got, as well as all the overheads. And that's a personal uh, liability. I've got another small business who, unfortunately, just at the beginning of the year, having, you know, said he would have to go into administration, went into administration, administration as a coach company employing 24 people uh, in, a, in, in, in Newcastle. You know, I, I, I know there are businesses who are, and their owners are lying awake at night, you know, and one small business said to me, you know, even if we come through this, I'm going to be spending the next 10 years working for the bank. Uh, and so, you know, we, you know, there's just such a, a huge impact on the small businesses and a huge impact on our local economy. Obviously, where you know we're, we're in lockdown at the moment, but at, what I'm worried about, as well as the impact on on the individuals, is also our our local you know our local economy. Small businesses not only are, are, are key to growth, as you know, which is really, you know, important, but they're also key to making Newcastle's unique local culture and economy. We need local small businesses, you know, as well as the big high street and other 
businesses and that constituency. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm really concerned that they're not going to make it through because the support isn't there um, in, in the way in which it's needed and accessible, or they're going to come out of this with too much debt. And there are, I think, about three million of those people around the UK who haven't had any support, as you say, for probably the last year. And Business Deadline, also uh, the charity that deals with businesses, small businesses going into debt, have been telling us exactly what you've said. People are paying their business bills before they're paying their personal bills. And so behind every one of those businesses that you've talked to that are in difficulty is a household in difficulty. Uh, and it's not just one person, is it? It's yeah. the 24 people that are being employed by that person as well. So this is a this is a vastly important sector, and we are uh, we have heard or are hearing from Keir Starmer about this being an opportunity to build back fairer. But to what extent do you think it is really important that when we're considering what we want the country to look like in future? after this pandemic, that small businesses and self-employed workers are at the heart of that thinking. Um, yeah, that's absolutely right. I, and I, can't, <laughs> I can't emphasize this, this is <laughs> enough. And I know that you know, politicians often say that small businesses are the engine of the economy, you know, et cetera, and it's just sort of paying lips, uh, you know, lip service. But, but you know, where we are now, uh, with the, the impact that uh, that we, COVID's had on our on our economy, but also at the same time, and let's not forget, Liz, we're we're, we're facing the challenges of Brexit uh, mm-hmm. and the longer term just as Brexit, climate change, automation slash artificial intelligence, technology change, uh, all those uh, that's leading to the, so many so many impacts in terms of sort of the fragmentation of many. Uh, supply chains, the the the, the pressure on um, on businesses to adapt to uh, the to be uh, greener, uh, to the necessary investment to compete, the inability to compete with sort of somebody like you know like Amazon who's just hoovering up um, all the um, sort of different markets, and so um, we these are real challenges for small businesses, but they're also huge. There can be huge opportunities because you know. Any small business could in couldn't be trade with anyone across this entire world. Huge markets, and yeah, you know, and we need this is an as exactly as Keir Starmer has said. This is an opportunity now to put in place, if you like, the building blocks, which mean that um, you know, which means that it, it that that we can have a future economy which is fairer and more, if you like, more diverse. And that's what you know, part of being fairer, but it's also part of creating jobs for everyone that everyone can access and that everyone can you know can more, more people can start their own businesses because you know that 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 helps that helps to have a more diverse and vibrant economy but it also helps to 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 deliver the services and support that you know individuals and in all sorts of different communities uh, need so i think it really is enough and, and we've got to help small businesses compete in these new areas and prevent them from being sort of unfairly competed against so there needs to be the support for, um, obviously, for skills and training, but they also need the support for investment, for, uh, you know, for um, particularly, for, I mean, businesses say to me one of the big issues before COVID was business, was investment, getting access to finance, access to finance, and particularly across our, the country, you know, because in, in regional, regional access to finance is always so much uh, less than, if you like, central access in, in London. We, uh, we need to be supporting small businesses 
with business, uh, with, 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 as well as uh, business uh, loans, what, one of the things that we're saying is that we should have an extension on uh, the uh, lower rate of, uh, v, of VAT, so that um, as we come out of this, not only during the, the crisis, but as we come out of the crisis, businesses can um, ha have uh, the opportunity to compete uh, uh, more effectively. You know, there's such a, this, the idea, you know, that I heard the figure 150,000 businesses could go under mm -hmm. in the next few months, just, and that's when the chancellor is saying that they should be starting to pay back business loans. Now, what we're saying is that the businesses shouldn't have to pay back business loans until we've seen, until we're through uh, the pandemic and depending on the, um, you know, the, the, how the economy bounces back, we don't want to suddenly be, be taking or that, that putting that additional pressure on all uh, businesses. Um, you mentioned the building blocks that we need in order to help uh, small businesses build back. And you mentioned the word digital. Um, <laughs> there still is uh, quite a low adoption of digital in some sectors of small business. Um, the businesses that are talking to us and telling us that they see this as an opportunity and they're optimistic for the future are mainly the ones that have gone digital. What do we need to do to get the rest of them uh, to understand the opportunities? Uh, well, that's a, um, that's a question which is very dear to my heart and also one which I, which I think about you know, all the time. And I just to say, I've been sort of so impressed uh, by the way in which so many businesses did go online in response to um, the COVID crisis. So my local market in Newcastle, Granger Market, you know, uh, closed. And then, then within a few weeks, it was sending out uh, deliveries that were made online and it organized, which, which was a lifeline for many people like myself uh, uh, in, in lockdown. Uh, so there was, so, so I think that, that there was a big shift online, and you know we've got to we've got to ensure that those businesses that did move online are supported in terms of cybersecurity and in terms of um, you know competition, etc., from and, and advertising opportunities. Because the digital high street doesn't have the same sort of kind of footfall that the physical high street has. But they, they, you're right, there is still a, you know different number of businesses that haven't seen that and. One of the, my big, one of my many, if you like, with criticisms of this government, it doesn't have a target for digital inclusion. It doesn't actually have a target for digital inclusion, and it has rolled back on the targets it did have for the rollout of digital infrastructure. I think those are two hugely important things for for, for small businesses across our, co our country and in, in, in the northeast, particularly those in rural areas. So we need we need to have the infrastructure there. We need you know we need the, uh, faster broadband, and we need it to it to to, to, to everyone, and then we need the basic digital skills, so digital inclusion for digital, you know, digital literacy and access to devices, and then we need, and I've been, you know, Make UK, uh, the, the UK, uh, the manufacturers um, trade body, to, uh, have put, you know, suggest put proposals to encourage uh, small businesses to invest in technology, and we'd like to see, uh, you know, there's, there's access, potentially access to, to, to R&D tax credits, but also more uh, support for businesses investing in technology and uh, making those biz some businesses uh, who have already invested in technology uh, pay their fair share of taxes to help support that. Um, and when it comes to some of your questions in Parliament, you've talked about 
the need to build back greener and smarter. Again, how does government support small businesses to do that? Again, do we need targets? <laughs> Again, <laughs> is the infrastructure in place? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. Government government has a role to play at so many different levels, and I think you know setting a target that we that we want the economy to be net zero. I mean, by twenty fifty, we would argue that it could be earlier than that. But that's sort of at a high level, you know. That's like kind of at a top level. How do we support small businesses um, in getting there? And there's you know there's, there's an, again, I said two or three really important thing, things government should, can and should be doing it unfortunately isn't doing as much as there's about creating markets you know creating markets that, that, that's where small businesses can um make, make profits so for example um you know the labor had in a requirement for all housing to be carbon all new houses to be carbon neutral by 2016 the conservative government sort of slashed that but that was how that would have helped that was creating a market for in sort of green uh building and now what we need to do is uh, is have support for our existing infrastructure, our existing homes. The vast majority of homes have, you know, aren't new homes that have been around for a while and making them carbon neutral is a huge challenge. But it's also a huge opportunity for small businesses going out there and putting you know, in place the, the insulation, not insulation, the heat pumps, all that that's required. And so, so government has a, has, a, has a role in setting the sort of the markets and making them accessible to small businesses. So it's not all taking up by uh, by big by big businesses, and then at the same time, government also needs to be supporting in terms of skills and in terms of uh, you know R and D to in the commercialization of the technologies that small businesses can take up. I think there's a, I mean I could go on about this for, for, forever. There's also in terms you know just in terms of the what small businesses use the, the computing infrastructure etc. You know the cloud services. Making sure that's more accessible, and those are, you know, put it so when you go on the cloud, you're going on a, you're going on a greener infrastructure, uh, and um, yeah, creating uh, working with local authorities who have such a big uh, role to play here. You know, Newcastle has a um, has a climate change commission, you know, which is looking at the ways in which you know the city can support small businesses uh, to uh, to make. Newcastle carbon carbon neutral and there's just you know you know that our environment um, the kind of services people want for example local services and you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned Amazon again don't want you to think that I'm focused entirely on them but for example that the Amazon Prime business model where you get something delivered without paying uh, any additional cost has no incentive to for people to wrap to sort of bundle up their their purchases. That is a very unsustainable and non-green model. But local, local delivery, local businesses, you know, local sourcing, local businesses, that's such a, it's such a, you know, potentially a huge contribution to uh, making us more green and more sustainable, but also supporting local producers, local farmers, you know, local businesses. Um, I, just to say, I think a circular economy is necessarily a much more local economy. Um, and I do think that's a really interesting point and something that we've talked about quite a lot on Back in Business. Um, the issue that we've got is that we have a changing economy here. The, the, the economy as it is rebuilt will not be the same as the economy that we had when we went into the COVID pandemic. Oh. Um, and people have got to 
actually change their lifestyles in order to accommodate the new economy uh, by thinking about shopping local, buying local, waiting perhaps until things are able to be delivered from <laughs> a smaller local entity. So we've all got a part uh, to play here, but do we simply have to accept that we're coming out of the pandemic into the start of a totally different new economic model to the one that we went into, that actually we won't be seeing so many bars and restaurants and cafes, but we will need to accept that small local businesses of other sorts are going to make up our high streets and our city centres. Well, that's a really good, that's a really, that's a fantastic question. And it's undoubtedly the case that we are, you know, that, that, that the economy, the economy that we have now, and it's, a, you know, it's shrunk, the greatest uh, shrinkage in our GDP uh, for, uh, um, yeah, that we've ever seen, uh, combined with uh, some of the highest, uh, you know, levels of, um, of business closure and, and, and employment. So the, the economy has changed, that's right. But we have choices here. And I think this is a really important point. You know, what comes out of this um, crisis isn't preordained. You know, we have choices here. Government, ha government has choices. Uh, people have choices and businesses have, have choices. And I do think, you know, I think that clearly there'll be changes to our retail sector. And I, it probably is the case that retail sector was under challenge in the challenge in any case, um, there'll be some jobs which will never come back. But we can, you know, we can put in place policies to support uh, local high streets in that transition. And, and I don't want, you know, we mustn't see the end of the high street coming as a as a consequence of, of this. And and there will be, I think, people's needs for for leisure and and you know and hospitality. Um, the support and I know businesses have invested so much in making themselves COVID secure hospitality businesses so I think you know what we need is for, um, for you know I talked about that we're, we're, we're supporting the um, extending the temporary 5% reduced rate of VAT for the hospitality tourism and, and culture sectors for example or any places have the support in place for that and also a longer term vision of how we um, move to that sustainable greener um, economy and the support for that for, in the support to enable that I do think there will be pent-up demand as well when as we come out of that um, and we should be I think uh, Annalise Dodash our Chancellor of the Exchequer is also always making the point that you know the support for businesses that we've seen in this in the pandemic has been almost without any conditions about you know it hasn't been in other countries we've seen support which has sort of conditions to invest in green for the larger companies particularly invest in greener options for more integration with the local supply chains not making people redundant after you've been taking uh, furlough money for months etc so i think you know labor's calling for a smart furlough uh yeah, which is combined with uh, job creation and um, i think if, if we can get that smart response then we will have people with jobs and they, people with jobs will always want to be uh, take part, take place part in leisure and hospitality activities. So maybe a different kind of future, but I think those, those sectors are on, on important sectors, should and will always be important sectors for us. Um, we're going to be talking to small businesses in Newcastle um, soon on the podcast. Um, what do you think that Newcastle itself, I mean, you know, you talked about long-term planning there, but what do you think it's going to look like 
what do you think the city wow. is going to morph into <laughs> in five years time well i i mean i tell you what i what i hope it will look like because again you know uh, it, it does depend on government uh, as well as the local authority newcastle city council but also government support and investment and you know there's been cuts uh huge cuts over the past uh 10 years but i hope we'll see um local local uh, you know local businesses local uh, our high streets there different perhaps with more leisure activities and and and, and less and more leisure activities and less retail but uh, local businesses um engage with their local communities through online through digital talk you know uh, uh, close to local communities so providing the sort of um local uh, uh yeah, product services uh foodstuffs you know we've got some great uh local foods and uh brew and and beers you know so it's so much more locally engaged but also um exporting more to uh europe and the rest of the world through those um through that engagement and i also think we may see you know we may see i think one of the consequences of the of, of the of a pandemic could be more sort of fragmentation of big businesses so that you, you, you don't have everyone doesn't have to be in an office in London to get the work done we've learned that you know and as you know uh, the northeast and Newcastle in particular has a fantastic quality of life to attract um, you know uh, uh, businesses to, to, to have some have their, have their, their staff and employees here I also think we'll see a greener city uh, with more different forms of transport that were more walking, cycling, uh, particularly, and uh, and hopefully better public transport links. You know, we ever get the transport infrastructure in the northeast that they have investment that that they have in uh, in London, for example, uh, and uh, you know, obviously uh, greener, greener, more home, greener homes, and um, more carbon neutral homes with the the kind of business support for that as well through uh, and and that's connected through a, through, a, through a smart grid into our great wind and tidal resources so that could be you know that together with just finally you know lifelong learning support for lifelong learning so that people are retraining uh, to get the skills they need for the jobs of the future so that could be what Newcastle looks like in five years time that's what I would call a vision. <laughs> Whether it's actually achievable or not, of course, is something that we will see. We'll we'll hold you to this, and five years we'll come back and say, "Gee, I, I, I said it was, get there." Yeah, government choices. There are government choices. We've got COP twenty six, and you'll see what the choices this government is making to support that kind of vision. Um, but on a slightly different note, just to end with uh, International Women's Day, the eighth of March. Um, to what extent, uh, the, the theme of this year's International Women's Day is choose to challenge. Now, you're an engineer, um, and so as such, in a way, you've already challenged that particular norm. <laughs> so do you think it's important for the good of society and for achieving these kind of visions that you've talked about, that we choose to challenge the ongoing lack of women at CEO and chair level in the UK. Um, absolutely, Liz, and and yes, it's interesting the way you put it because I certainly sort of challenge stereotypes and, and, and expectations by going into engineering. You know, so a, a, a woman, a woman of colour, and actually a northern and working class woman was not what was expected in my um, what was normal in in Imperial College uh, when I went there in the eighties. 
but you know it, it was it, it is can be hard to challenge so many of the sort of and I you know don't think I feel I did that enough uh, as a, as a working engineer so many of the sort of expectations or stereotypes or assumptions or the culture which is in organizations and that was one of the reasons why when I came into parliament you know I was determined you know to challenge that and I think you know it, we cannot have and I just say that we cannot have an economy which meets the needs of everyone if it is not using the talents of everyone and that has to be you know that's at every level but it was certainly the case that at CEO you know at executive level having those, having women in positions of leadership uh, shows um, shows gives a role models out gives role models but it also changes gives a more diversity of thoughts and resilient and as a consequence more resilience you know you need to have you need to have different viewpoints in the boardroom from different experiences otherwise it is groupthink which leads us so often into uh, economic uh, crisis so absolutely it's important as a matter of social justice but it's also important as a matter of economic uh, economic prosperity in the future and there we will leave it it's been great to talk to you thank you very much indeed for a really interesting conversation and uh, as i say we'll we'll come back and have a look at newcastle <laughs> we will be in newcastle in a few weeks time uh talking to small businesses there uh chi onwara thank you very much indeed for joining us thank you very very much <laughs>